Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My voice. Hey, everybody. Hey, happy new year, two weeks into the year. Wow. Wow. Congratulations on making it this far in your life. Into 2021. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are still in a lot of difficult situations right now, and our heart goes out to them, but you've done it. You've made it to another revolution around the sun. Good job. We've made it through that dimension that everyone's been talking about, that alternate oh, yeah. dimension. <laughs> but uh, I feel like we didn't we didn't snap into a better one. Um, it's the same. I feel like it's just slightly worse. There's a new strain of COVID. Mm-hmm. All that stuff happening in America. Yeah. Um, and there's 50,000 new cases of COVID a day in the UK. <laughs> we had two the other day and went into a three-day lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Our premier was like, nope. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're <laughs> locked down. Here. They're locked down. Locked down, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> locked down, bitch. Actually, it's um, three cases now because the, the husband of the cleaner... Has the new strain of COVID? Oh, okay. Too. I mean, it's the husband, but he's already in, they're already in isolation, and so it's fine. So it's fine. Of course, he has the body. Yeah, thing. no shit. But the first time he tested, he tested negatives, but they retested him and he came up positive. Oh, maybe it's a like, bunch well, of people. Well, if you're in close got... quarters to the the person that has the the strain, the seventy percent more infectious strain of COVID nineteen. That's fucking heaps. Hey. That guy's ride or die. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you got COVID, I'd be like, fuck it, I got COVID. <laughs> like, you know. I mean, same. It's one and the same. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to isolate myself from you for two weeks. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I can't be away from you for two weeks. What if, um, what if <laughs> I was just in one of those glass rooms with, oh. like, the glove hands so we can still hug? Yeah. And, you know. And I could have glove hands on the outside so I could still jack you off. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? Oh, I going into 2021 with some crude humour. I was going to go there, but then I'm like, yeah, I'll save it. No. But no, there's no saving it. There's no saving it. That's what this year is all about. We saved ourselves too much last year. Let's not save ourselves anymore. Everyone waiting till marriage, stop. <laughs> it's a cult. Stop. Whoa. That's too fresh. No, that's that's too far. I apologize. You want to get married, so are you wanting to join the cult? Saving myself. The cult of marriage. Oh, what? Um, Being abstinent is a cult. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know whether it follows the lines of a cult. It's not human to stay abstinent. Just wait until you're of age, though, with someone who is also Of of age. Don't be afraid to sow your seed, whatever that means. Sell it, sell it everywhere. Who cares? Fuck it. Have Ill- illegitimate children. No, wait, I didn't mean that. I meant throw it in the garden. You know, actually sow some seeds, yeah, grow actually, some plants. Yeah. I think twenty twenty should have taught us all how to be more self sustainable, but I think yeah. it just taught people how to panic more. And as someone with a uh, anxiety disorder, <laughs> I don't think that was really good. 
since our last episode, it's been your birthday. It's been my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank Woo! You. I'm 24. You know what I, mean? I know, you're approaching your mid-20s. That means you're halfway to 50, a quarter way to 100, and one-tenth of the way to 250 years old. Oh, the day I turn 250 years old, I'm going to... I'll hold you accountable for this okay, moment. Yeah. I've cursed you now with an I'm immortal nature. I'm going to live to be 250. <laughs> you know, no. they may they may be able I to do that. I like living to 24. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, uh, you're right. I don't want to live to 250. You know, if I could maintain this exact same body and everything that I have now and be healthy, I would not mind living for a thousand years. I mean, yeah... Or longer. Theoretically, if you got to stay in the state that you are, honestly, I'd like to be a bit more skinnier. So when I get to my skinnier self, <laughs> then I can, you know, continue aging from there without aging. Right. So living like longer. Like a vampire. Yeah. I hear that you just have to, like, drink the blood of virgins and then you pretty much sustain right. for the rest of... No, no one have sex. <laughs> yeah. I need... I need your virgin blood so I can It's do... either that or you throw them into a volcano. I can't remember what the old rule of witchcraft is. I just want to be a vampire and live forever. I only come out at night because I don't really like being in the sun that much. I get sunburned very easily. You do. I do. I've got... You still got sunburn. I remember, I remember once when we were first seeing each other, you got very sunburned. And that sunburn lasts you like... Like the tan line caused by that sunline, sunline, suntan... Was on your body for like eight months. Yeah. Your your poor precious fair skin. <laughs> I know it's hard having um, Scottish and Irish in me. Yeah, that's it. I'm the definition of white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. There are whiter people out there than me. More Caucasian. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that one percent of Australian Indigenous person would. Uh, that's saving me. Honestly, in yeah. this climate <laughs> that we live in, that is saving me. I probably have melanoma, like, obviously. All Australians do. I mean, it's the most common thing. In Queensland, where we live, I mean, especially where we are in Queensland, mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, every other person's getting melanoma every other day, considering, I mean, the giant hole in the ozone layer, because we're all it. farting so much. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> It's all like kangaroo meat that we eat, so high in iron and all that jazz. Yeah. I don't eat kangaroo meat. I don't... I told... There's something about eating a kangaroo that doesn't feel right. I told some of our friends the other day that we eat kangaroo, our national animal. Yeah, I don't they think They were very we confused. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, we shouldn't be eating our... I mean, our Americans animal. don't eat the bald eagle. They don't. English people don't eat lions. <laughs> like, why the fuck is it? <laughs> why are we eating kangaroo? Right? I mean, there's so many of them. They are. Th- <laughs> so they're like ethically sourced. They're. I mean, ethically sourced, we say, ethically? but they <laughs> they go in a helicopter and mow them down with machine guns. I don't know if that's <laughs> ethically sourced. <laughs> and then just give the bodies I'm, to like, they're not being coals. They're not being bred at extreme rates. For us to eat, they, no, they oh, are Lord, just no. breeding at yeah, extreme <laughs> rates in the wild, and they don't really have any other predators except an Apache helicopter. Except, 
much. Apache. Molly loves <laughs> kangaroo. Oh, she does. It's her favorite it's kind her of meat. It's her favorite. Whenever it's her birthday, she gets kangaroo. <laughs> She's a very special girl. Yeah, she's very special. She's snoring right now. Yeah, hopefully you can hear it. Bit of a tranquil backing track to our podcast. Uh, we've got very fun things planned for 2020. We're going to go into Hell a bit more detail yeah. on our Facebook page probably sometime this week. Well, Maybe Patreon year, for an interesting uh, little teaser as well. Yeah, last year was a little bit uh, depressing. <laughs> it was so tough. this year, we're going to make it... Fun. Fun. Who would have guessed it? It's the opposite of being depressed. Happy. We've Fun. already. Energetic. Belin- lively. Belinda's already sort of hinted at the idea that we might have an alien theme for one no, of the no, months. I haven't hinted at the idea. It is happening. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we have said that we're going to have an <laughs> April alien theme. But alien we're thinking. April month. I don't know what that meant. April, thinking alien of month. some alien month in April. There we go. We're thinking of some other themes to uh, put on the month. Maybe, maybe it might make the news. Oh, what a little! I texted you last night. Let me let me check it out. <laughs> That's a little uh, little Easter egg for you there. Oh right, I get it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Yeah, Leave yeah. That in. Leave my, all okay. That in. Yeah, you can see how slow my brain processes information. <laughs> uh, do you want me to start today's episode? Um, I feel like yours is more brutal than mine. Okay, you go ahead then. Or do you want to start? No, like, start we crazy. Start crazy and, and then, then end, end on a light note. Oh, is your light light-hearted? Kind of. Okay, I sure. It's a poltergeist. <clears throat> all right. Well, mine's a big curse. All right, big curses go before poltergeists. All right, so. <clears throat> Tokyo, Japan, undoubtedly oh. one of my most favorite places on planet Earth, as many people know. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that when I stayed there, I was actually pretty close to a shrine that is said to contain the cursed head of a rebel samurai. Today, I'm going to be discussing the cursed head of Tairo no Masakado. So, as per usual, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the paranormal occurrences surrounding the head, let's take a dive back in history to 10th century Heian period. 10th century? Yeah. The first double-digit century. The late 18th. 800s and 900s. Holy shit. Yeah. That is when this samurai was in, pro- in prominence, of course. So, Tyrone Masakado was born into a noble family who were in direct descendants of Emperor Kanmu. Regardless of the fact he was born into a noble family, he had a strong dislike for authority for some reason and was like super headstrong and rebellious. His first true test in life came when his father passed away because his uncles decided it would be a great idea to send their armies to go and kill them so they could take all the father's wealth. Unbeknownst to the uncles, Masakado was an incredibly skilled warrior and he defeated his uncle's armies. I assume with his own. It says in the story that he defeated them single-handedly, but there's no way in hell one guy is defeating, you know, 50 people in an army. Anyways. 
But he, he ended up sending them back from where they came from. They retreated back to their uncle's lands. And, yeah, this is the first recorded instance of Massacado's revenge. Uh, as he decided that it wasn't really, you know, enough to just defeat their armies. He needed to go and descend upon his family's lands and slaughter everyone. And so that's what he did. He slaughtered thousands and made the name for himself across the land in doing so. So news of the slaughter reached Emperor Suzaku, and Masakado had to go to the court to defend his actions. And somehow the act of killing thousands, you know, innocent men, women, children, the sort of serfs of the, I don't know what they'd be called in Japanese uh, terms, but the sort of peasantry. Yeah, so he slaughtered thousands of them and killed his uncles. Um, But it was somehow seen as like retaliation, you know, slaughtering them and then all their people. Um, And he was granted a complete pardon and there was nothing really that further came from it. And it would soon come to be known that betraying or attacking Masakado was definitely not a good idea as eight of his other relatives decided to try and seize his father's riches from him. And those eight territories then fell under Masakado's rule as he slaughtered everyone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Masakado had gained a name for himself in battle, becoming known as an immortal warrior who could not be killed. And to add to his fame, the peasants loved him. Where they'd usually be treated like absolute shit and just sort of like tossed to the curb. Masakado was like super kind and generous Aww. with them. And they began worshipping him as a demigod. Because oh, they believed he was just so amazing. Yeah. But I think that's the goal for 2021. Be so amazing you get worshipped as a demigod. <laughs> Even if it means you got to slaughter a whole bunch of people. If that's not a cult, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Mm. <laughs> so Cultism. Tales would reach the Emperor's ears that the great warrior Masakado was calling himself the new Emperor of Japan and was planning on making a move on the nobility in Kyoto to kill the Emperor and unite Japan under his banner. Well... Obviously, the emperor couldn't have that at all. No. So he amassed an enormous army that exceeded Masakado's 10 to 1. And the army marched on the rebel samurai and Masakado was killed with a well-placed arrow to the head. Jeez. Horrible, right? Yeah. Headshot. I guess that you could say all that power really went to Masakado's head. <laughs> In more ways than one, because the Emperor had Masakado decapitated and had his head brought into Kyoto to serve as a reminder for what would happen if anyone betrayed the uh, Emperor and the Imperial rule. Even a demigod. And his head didn't rot. For months, it sat on a pike, not rotting. It looked as if it hadn't aged a day from when it was removed from the were, body. Were they in a cold climate? I mean, Japan's pretty cold, but if it's months, the temperature changes enough to where it... The only thing they did notice, however, is yeah. Masakado's face slowly grew into a scowl. And his eyes opened, and he began berating people, scolding people, telling people to bring him back to his body so he can be reunited, and go on a rampage and... Seek revenge for being killed. Wait, his head was saying this to people. Whilst on a pike. Are you sure it's not just... Uh, 
uh, nerve spasms. <laughs> I mean, after months. <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to really debunk this is very creepy. <laughs> so the denial he faced infuriated him. And with a burst of vibrant light, Masakado's head rose from the pike it was perched upon and took off into the sky, screaming like a meteor. <laughs> Boom! Masakado's delight! I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it left this trail of dazzling colour behind it as it flew off into the sky as a meteor. And he screamed the entire time while he was flying, of course. He has no vocal cords. It doesn't matter at this point. He's ahead. <laughs> I think he defies logic. <laughs> the Yeah, so the head flew very far, landing in a fishing village called Shibazaki, and the hill it landed upon is now called Masakado no Kubizaki, or the hill of Masakado's head. Locals... Is it still there? No, because it gets taken somewhere else. Oh, the, okay. the hill is still there, yeah. Oh, of course, the hill would be with the head. Although I researched... Masakado no Kubizaki, and I couldn't find the place, so maybe it's like a special like shrine or something. Hidden. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So the locals found the head, cleaned it off, and built a shrine over the top of the fallen samurai just to try and please the head, and it was then that paranormal activities started happening. Oh, then that's when the paranormal activity <laughs> yeah. started. Not Never. the talking head flying off like a meteor. That's not paranormal at all. No, no, no. Not that's that just all CGI shit. and special effects. <laughs> yeah, that that classic 10th century special effects. <laughs> so a ghostly samurai figure with a blank face would be seen walking through Shibazaki. The town would experience co- countless tremors, earthquakes, and radiant lights would wake the locals up at night, emanating from the spot where Nothing Masakado's head came from. Nothing to do with Japan being on a tectonic plate or anything. <laughs> no. no. So in order to please the fallen spirits, the locals went about crafting a fancier housing and shrine for the warrior, and this seemed to appease the spirit. All paranormal activity ceased entirely, but that was until... A Buddhist temple was built nearby. Oh, no. In the 1300s, plagues and earthquakes befell the area. Oh, no. The locals, immediately believing that Masakado's head was to blame for Mm -hmm. this, obviously. Yeah. So, in order to appease the spirit, the head was dug up and moved to a more prestigious shrine, hoping that making Masakado a deity would please him. Jeez Louise. So did in it? it did. It seemed to do the trick. In Japanese tradition and sort of religion, I might be butchering this, so I apologize to any of our Japanese listeners if there are any. Um deities or the ghosts, like ghosts can be deities of a shrine. Like, a deity in general terms usually is a god. Like, you'd think of, like, a, you know, Zeus or something like that. But in Japanese traditional religion, it's like, I think it's called Shinto religion. Um, If a ghost or the body of, like, a samurai or something is particularly revered and they are, like, given offerings and stuff at their shrine that they are buried in, then they become the deity of that area. I suppose. Okay. Yeah. So making him into like a deity by putting him in this big prestigious shrine like gives him power over the area, I suppose. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> so in 
1874, this is like 570 years later, the emperor of the time visited the shrine for the first time and found it outrageous that an enemy who tried to raise an army against the imperial family would be honoured and demanded that the head of Massacado be removed and put to a lesser shrine. No, no, no. Look, my man, that's not going to work. Unless you want plagues, earthquakes, skyrocketing, meteorite <laughs> heads. I don't think that's a great idea. Well, it took, you know, it took nearly 50 years, but shit started happening. The Great Kanto Earthquake rocked the area. Many people attributing the head to a very angry, powerful outburst by Masakado who'd saved up his energy to wreak havoc on the area. Yeah. One of the largest buildings close by to Masakado's new resting place was the Ministry of Finance, and that building was torn to the ground during this earthquake. A new ministry, ministry of Finance building was slated to be built. And what better place to build the new Ministry of Finance than over the location no. of Mascato's head? <laughs> no, so, you don't do that. Before d- construction, the shrine was excavated, but Mascato's head was nowhere to be found. Oh, no. But they built the, a new shrine anyway. And oh, no. They built their new ministry too. But with no head. No, they don't know where it is. So they probably missed it. It was probably somewhere else in there, and they just built the new ministry over top of so Mascara's head, head underneath the Ministry of Finance. In Japan. So, wow. 14 people who worked there in the years following experienced, well, met their end in very mysterious circumstances, and countless more people in the building experienced horrible luck. There seemed to be this common thing that people would experience in the building where their feet and legs would receive injuries. It's like they'd have like sudden bruises and like bleeding on their legs and stuff like that. So where they walk upon, upon the ground where Masticado's head is actually buried, he's like drawing, uh, you know, giving off energy or like latching up at them and like scratching them, et cetera, et cetera. With what hands, though? <laughs> That's just it. Like, yeah, gnawing at their <laughs> feet. Headbutting their shins. <laughs> the ministry finally got the idea that they probably shouldn't have built the building there. So, no! they moved the building and restored the shrine to what it was. And then they began doing yearly purification rituals on the site to appease the spirit. Do they still do it? They upped their amount they do it because more shit happens. Okay. All right. After what is described to be near exactly 1,000 years after Masakado's death, his thirst for revenge still knew no bounds. A lightning bolt hit the Ministry of Finance's new building out of spite for building on top of his grave and burned it down. Don't fuck with Massacado. Don't fuck with this dude, eh? Yeah. So in World War II, American troops were going to bulldoze the shrine to make space for vehicle parking, etc., and were warned against it by the locals. And when they went to actually go and do it, their bulldozer was mysteriously flipped onto its top and the driver was crushed to death. Don't fuck with Massacado. Don't fuck with Massacado. I think that's the... 
clear lesson to be learned here. Countless additional illnesses and deaths have befallen those who disrespect Massacado uh, while near, nearby his shrine. And finally, in 1984, Massacado was restored to deity status by Emperor Hirohito. Which really pleased Massacado. Good. Since yeah. then, Nothing. he's been pretty chill. Hasn't messed around with anyone who visits the shrine, but apparently there's like a super high price to pay for those who mention or portray Massacado in movies, television, and media without first properly paying respects. So here's hoping we don't don't end up getting messed up by a flying, screaming head. If we are never heard from again, this episode is evidence. <laughs> this is proof. That Massacato's head knows no bound. Yeah. Well, he, he's, yeah, he's very, uh, very revenge orientated. Mm. Uh, I would be too if someone fucking <clears throat> shot me in the head and then just decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm cut your head off and just put you on display for a little while. Right. I'd fucking skyrocket off that too. <laughs> so the Shrine of Massacato is in Tokyo now, and I'm really, really bummed that I didn't actually get to go and see it, or didn't even know about the story when I was last in Japan. Do you have to pay to go see it? No, it's just a small little shrine you can walk up. It's like in a side street. It hasn't been built over, obviously. Hell it's like yeah. amongst skyscrapers, probably. It's really nearby to a uh, a palace. There's like a palace in Tokyo. I think it's... I can't remember that. Do you know what we need more here? Palaces. What? I Why agree. Why don't we have more palaces? Or like, or like castles? Oh. We don't have any royalty. Let's make royalty. We're now royal, I declare <laughs> it. Uh, we demand a castle immediately. Done. ASAP Rocky, thank you. I mean, we could probably build a castle. I'm sure there's a castle in Australia. Of course there's a castle in Australia. I'm just saying we need more. Yeah. That's all I have for my story. Okay. Very what good a... story. I liked it. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah, I know. Super great. Pretty silly. fun. Yeah. Pretty silly, you reckon? <laughs> no, I liked it. I didn't think it was silly. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about a podcast. Well, first off, the reason why Brayden did a headless haunting is because I was going to do a a haunted head as well. Um, but then upon more research, as per usual, <laughs> it was just an art piece. Oh, no. A very good art piece. And I still wanted to talk about, like, the story behind it. But then I was like, I don't know if it's a real story. It was just something someone made up. I don't know. I don't know. I can't trust it. Um, so I didn't. Fair enough. Actually, I don't think it was a real story because... Hermaphrodites can't self-impregnate. <laughs> oh, so it was about it. was about a nun who. Um, what is it again? Autosexual. So it was, it was about a nun who um, fell pregnant and gave birth to a, a girl, and. Uh, being a nun, she wasn't allowed around other people. Other. People with penises. Right. She wasn't allowed to have sex, but apparently, upon further investigation, her hymen was still intact. 
And then this was Immaculate Conception, and she gave birth to the second coming of Christ. But the second coming of Christ, apparently, was a female. So this child was like, they they had told everyone that the child had died during childbirth. Oh, okay. And that there wasn't a second coming of Christ, because it was a female, and was born female. So it's Christine. <clears throat> what? Christine. Yeah, instead of Christ, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus is the first this, name. This was Jessica. Jessica Jesus Christ. Jessica. Um, anyway, so... No, I think the name that was like Maria or something, Maria Josephina or something. Yeah. Anyway, and then... She died when she was 33, like Jesus Christ did. So they... Cut her head off and preserved it. Ah, as you do. But then it was like, oh, it was later discovered that the mother and that the daughter were both hermaphrodites and they self-impregnated. But you can't... That's not possible. It's not humanly possible. Maybe in some species of, like, fish frog things, and fish and shit like that. But it, not in humans. It's not possible to self-impregnate. So that's right. why I was like... I don't think this is real. This is a lie. It's a very good story. Um, I don't think it's real, and I don't want to. I don't want to be an idiot. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm gonna do a poltergeist because this is you, me, and a poltergeist. This is 2021. I'm gonna start the year off fun. Do it. Fun, funky, and fresh. And babe, you've heard of fetishes, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah, you know, some people just like their balls being stomped on. Some people just just want their their girlfriend with little pink handcuffs on, you know? It's just, is what it is. Everyone has fetishes. Have you heard of a poltergeist having a fetish? No, I haven't. I've heard of spectrophilia, but not this. Spectrophilia, that's, I would say that's a special kind of fetish. Mm. Well, I don't know why, but articles decided to... <laughs> Describe this poltergeist as having a toy fetish. Oh, okay. Not like adult toys. Oh. Like like children's toys. Okay. I was just imagining in my mind dildos and vibrators flying, flying around yeah, everywhere. I feel like that would be that would be so much better. I don't think I'd be scared by that unless I'm bent over. <laughs> don't scream. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's just like ectoplasm everywhere. Oh, oh no. Yeah, it took it too far. Okay, so this is about the South Shields poltergeist who has a fetish for toys. It was December 2005 when a couple, Mark and Marianne, which are pseudonyms because they wanted their identities to be completely hidden there because they were terrified of this thing. It's hilarious. <laughs> didn't want them to track didn't want it to uh, be able to track them down on the internet and that's it find where they're living well it could well, let me continue okay so they were living with their three-year-old son in south shields england which is where the poltergeist gets its name from obviously their home was near another famous poltergeist haunting the pontefract poltergeist which i might do next week nice i think i found my story for next week fun um, as per every poltergeist encounter, it started with them hearing and seeing strange things in their home. 
So furniture moved by itself, doors open and closed seemingly on their own, and chairs would be found stacked in bizarre ways. But it wasn't long before this entity became violent. Uh As they all do, we know this. Of course. So one night while Marianne and Mark were in bed together... Marianne got hit in the back of the head with one of her son's toys. So, Mark attested that it seemed to have appeared out of nowhere, considering he was in bed next to her and no one else was in the room. The room was unusually cold, even though they had the heating on for a few hours before getting into bed. One of the articles described them as, like, being stripped Stripped down, like they were naked. They were were naked. They were getting ready to fuck. (laughs) They're about to give their son a little brother or sister. Oh god, hell yeah. Anyway, this gets better. So all of a sudden, (laughs) they were pummeled with toys being thrown at them out of complete thin air. When they tried to shield themselves with a blanket. They felt a force trying to pull it away from them like a game of tug of war. Oh my god. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. It all ended when Mark felt searing pain on his back, only to reveal 13 red scratches down his skin. Oh, wink. Oh, I think he liked it. The scratches burnt intensely and felt as if the entity was dragging its claws down Mark's back. And then. They vanished as quickly as they came. Whoa. So one minute they had the scratches, the next minute he didn't have the scratches. That's tough to get photos of for evidence. Uh, <laughs> that is. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> so that's when this poltergeist so-called toy fetish, I loved mentioning toy fetish in this, um, had fully manifested Over the next few months, there were more instances of unexplainable events around their son's toys. Um, So, things were happening like a rocking horse decided to appear hanging from a ceiling fan. How would it get there? What the hell? You can't tell me a three-year-old boy is doing that. No, I can't tell you that. I don't think a three-year-old boy is capable of... Picking up a rocking horse and hanging it from a ceiling fan. How would it hang from a ceiling fan without the ceiling fan falling? How strong is that ceiling fan? How light is that rocking horse? All good questions that I would like answered in the future. Well, they might be answered in a book that was written about this. Actually, several books that have been written about this. And a movie. Good segue. (laughs) You're welcome. I don't know the names. Just type in... The South Shields Poltergeist, and it all pops up. All right. And only a couple of articles. <laughs> Pissed me off. <laughs> okay. So, in another instance, the couple found a stuffed rabbit sitting in a toy chair at the top of their stairs. Oh. And if it couldn't get any worse, Brayden, no. it just couldn't get any worse. Guess what the little, the little rabbit had in its lap? A knife. A box cutter. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit, yeah, rabbit. a box cutter. Where's a fucking three-year-old finding a box cutter, right? Very true. That's not a this toy. This is what I keep trying to think to myself. I was like, look, this could just be the little kid throwing toys and shit. But. The little kid is, how old is he? Three. Three. I don't think he's smart enough 
to so, put together something that creepy. That creepy, right? I mean, kids are creepy. Yeah, but, but I mean, not intentionally so. Not intentionally. They haven't developed their creepy sense yet. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what a creep is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. So it wasn't long before malicious messages began to appear on their son's drawing board like, just go now, die, bitch, R.I.P., and go, bitch, now to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow, talking mad shit. <laughs> talking mad shmad. This poltergeist and is... And satanic-looking symbols would appear as well. Damn. So... 6669, six, six, baby. <laughs> Go fuck you, bitch. I'm a fuck. I'm a fuck you, bitch. I'm a. I'm a get some toys and fuck you, bitch. What the fuck? Oh no. <laughs> no, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how you say what they're gonna do? Con like trace them down on the internet or something. Yeah. yeah. They received messages on their cellular devices. Oh, no. They did from untraceable sources. Jesus. They couldn't trace it back to a, a telecompany or to, like, a phone number. Really? Nothing. Some messages read as, Go die. And you're dead. The messages seemed to be um, directed more at Marianne than it did Mark. Yeah. As there was a few messages saying, I can get you when you awake and I'll come for you in your sleep, bitch. <laughs> Very aggressive. <laughs> what else? Um, going to die today. Going to get you. Wow. How creepy. I'm that one and say bitch. Afterwards. Yeah, what the hell? Like, could you imagine a ghost just calling you a bitch 24 7? That's aggressive. Like, it's, it's hard enough being written go die or you're dead, but then to be like bitch. Yeah, it's what like, the fuck? What ghetto fucking poltergeist is this that has a fetish over toys and is <laughs> calling people names? Like. <laughs> There's no need. You're already scratching people up, getting box cutters out of drawers. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> when I was outside the house, I it would continuously call my mobile from from our home phone, even though I knew for certain that no one was in the house. Says Marianne, it sent me death threats. By text, no matter what I did, I couldn't get away from it. Wow. Also, not to mention another instance of, like, a weird thing happening in the house. Their toilets would flush blood. Oh, okay. Let's just... Like, that's... <laughs> that's normal. How are you not calling in for an exorcism on your home? As soon as soon, you know, it is one thing to be receiving death threats via text message from a ghost. But as soon as there is blood coming out of any faucet, in any toilet bowl, down the walls, yeet the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeet the fuck yeet out the of there. Fuck out. Bitch. I, bitch. I know this was 2005, but like, you could have yeeted. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> oh, why did I say that word? So stupid. <laughs> so Marianne said she was too terrified to sleep 
but too frightened to stay awake. I felt that we just couldn't escape from it. No matter what we did, we couldn't get away. She says that a million times. Sometimes their young son, who they gave the pseudonym Robert. Robbie. No need for that. No need for that name. Robert. What do you have against the name Robert? I don't. I just thought, you know, they've got Marianne, Mark. Why go Robert? Another M name. Why not Matthew? Mick. Mick. Ugh, no. Ugh. Robert's fine. Um, so sometimes he would go missing for long periods of time, only to be found hiding in strange parts of the house, like closets, underbeds, and in cupboards. And honestly, to me, that just sounds like a three-year-old. Yeah, that's true. Or he's playing hide-and-seek with, with the, the ghost. ghost. <clears throat> Run and I'll find you, little boy. <laughs> You're going to die in there. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Um, yeah, so... They eventually called in paranormal investigators Mike Hollowell and Darren Ritson, who are the ones that wrote the book. Nice. I'm pretty sure. Um, They were called in and claimed to witness several incidents. They documented objects balancing on their own in impossible angles, as well as the strange phrases sketched onto paper, paper and toys. They claim to also have seen the entity manifest. Wow. So Darren admitted that at first he was very sceptical, but of course he was proven wrong by the entity itself. So the house was um, quickly kitted out with motion-activated video cameras and sophisticated sensors. Um, if the poltergeist was to appear, the investigators were determined to capture on film but they didn't have to wait very long. No, no, no. So one evening, Mike was working at the house and saw a dark shape appear on the landing outside of the couple's son's room. So oh, outside the no. little boy's room. Marianne saw it too and screamed. Fuck. The entity walked slowly from the bathroom across the landing into the bedroom, says Mike. As it passed the door to Robert's room, it paused and stared icily at me. Its face devoid of all features such as eyes, nose, or mouth. Oh. It was cold and menacing. It felt like it was burrowing into my soul. Damn, son. They described it as a midnight black three-dimensional silhouette that radiated sheer evil. Oh. And stood about two meters tall. Fucking hell, giant. It's fucking huge. The big gangly shadow man. Hell yeah, that is. Creepy. Throwing little stuffed puppy dogs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they were never able to capture it on camera. Mike was so stunned by what he saw that he didn't manage to switch the camera on in time. It was gutting, says Mike. We all saw it, but we didn't get the proof we needed. But my thing is, if they had motion sensor cameras, how do they not capture it? Yeah, that's what I want to know. If they all saw it manifest in front of them, wouldn't the technology have been able to pick it up? Or was the technology just not as advanced in 2005? Oh, it definitely wasn't. But I don't think it was that shitty where they wouldn't have been they able to pick it up. They would have been able I think so. Insane. Still cool. Still very cool. So a few days later, they were given a second chance when the poltergeist once again attacked Mark. Just as before, Mark felt the entity approach him and start drawing his ta- its talons down his back. 
You could actually watch the scratches forming, says Mike. First, an elongated red patch, then sharply defined scratches within it. Cuts started to appear on the right-hand side of his back. They immediately bled. Then Mark's skin started to change colour. It went dark, almost as if it was sunburnt. I've seen film and stills of poltergeist scratches appearing before, but nothing like this. The investigators frantically checked over their video cameras, and this time they'd caught the attack on tape. Oh, shit. Oh, shape. Although the quality was poor, they could see the scratches appearing on Mark's back. And do you think I can find that footage? No. No. (laughs) It's nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Maybe one of you can have a better chance of probably, finding it. You know what? You guys probably type it in on YouTube and get it straight away. But look, that's just not how it worked for me. Send it to us on Facebook. Please. You mean a podcast. Or to the website, you mean a podcast.com. Thank you. All right. What else? So, so the poltergeist was apparently witnessed by dozens of people and its chilling antics were captured on film still. Nice. On one occasion, a group of six paranormal investigators witnessed an attack on Mark. They also saw levitating crockery, ornaments, sorry, levitating crockery, ornaments moving of their own accord from room to room, and ghostly sounds emanating from the baby monitor. Oh, no. Several of these incidents were captured on camera. Was that evidence, yo? Yeah, what the hell? Where's the proof, yo? We should email the some links of them. In the bio, yo. Let's bitch. <laughs> Let's email some of them, see if we can find anything. Oh yeah. We were absolutely terrified, Marianne told reporters. I don't know <clears throat> I don't know if I'll ever be the same again. If I hear a noise that I cannot explain or something goes missing that it always makes us wonder whether it has come back again. But right now, we are glad it seems to have left us alone. Because as soon as it started, it stopped just as quickly. Oh, perfect. How handy. So handy. Off it goes. Off it goes. Smack talking someone else. That's it. And they were like, we're going to sell the house. We're not going to live there. So they did. They sold their house. And, um... Very smart. That's pretty much it. That's the end of the story. As quickly as it started, all this evidence that they apparently got, it stopped. I can't find the evidence, but there's books, there's a movie. Um, the couple don't want to be... Interviewed or anything? Interviewed or anything. But, yeah, what was what was one thing? The, the couple and the investigators continued to argue that it was more like a real-life nightmare than some special effects from a movie. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. And that's the South Shields uh, poltergeist, guys, with a toy fetish. Super creepy. I loved how it was smack talking. That was very fun. Very fun. I would definitely, if if a, uh, a ghost was writing, you know, bitch to me on a chalkboard, I'd probably be like, ugh. Gangster fucking ghost out here. Hell yeah. But I don't think I don't think a lot of that was a three year old, you know? Oh, definitely not. Because I'm pretty sure there's people out there going, Well, a three year old could throw a toy. Yes, it could throw a toy. Could Unless... it play tug of war on the bed? 
with two full-grown nah, adults. Unless the three-year-old was really like like that story where the little person posed as a child and then Orphan? went into... Hey? Orphan? No, it's like an actual thing in, that happened in life. Like oh. a little person went and posed as like a... I think like an eight or nine-year-old or something like that. Maybe a young teenager. And then just lived in this couple's house. Anyways. That's literally the plot for Orphan, though. Was oh, it really? based off that? The story that I'm talking about? Yeah. No, that's a real-life thing that yeah, happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is the oh, is Orphan, orphan oh, based prob- off of that? Probably not. When did that happen? Oh, there's been a few instances. Wow. Have y'all seen Orphan? Oh, that's one of my favourite movies. Take a look. Oh, it's such a good movie. Mm, I've never seen it. Mm, the, the chick in it. Like the character. Super creepy. I think she like ends up being like 40 or something. Oh, jeez. But she looks like a... A kid. Yeah. And she's Russian. Oh. Oh, maybe it is based on it, honestly. Could be. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Interesting. Very creepy story, babe. Thank you. Yeah, no. I, um, I saw an article and I saw it had a creepy clown doll and I was like... That's Done. the one. That's the one for me. <laughs> I don't think there was any clown dolls in it. But I'm pretty sure that... um, The little rabbit with a box cutter was equally scary. Yeah. I think that might be all we have time for today. Thank That's you so much for got. listening. And thanks for sharing, babe. Oh, thank you for sharing, babe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year for the second week of... January. This, this year. This if you... Year. Hey, hey, hey. If you want to find us online, you can at youminapoltergeist.com. That's it. Follow all our stuff over there and, hey, have some fun. Yeah, have some fun this year. (laughs) Fuck everyone else. Stay safe, though. Wear a mask, wash your hands, socially distance, but also just have fun. And don't forget. To exercise regularly. Bitch.